handoff to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. On with me now, Mr. George Bremer himself. George, thanks for coming on, man. How are you? No problem. Glad to be here. I'm feeling uh, like we were just talking a little bit before we uh, started here. I'm very excited that the draft is here. It feels like it was really a short process. I guess maybe because there was no combine. You didn't hit the landmarks that you normally would. and All of a sudden, it's almost the first round. It's it's absolutely insane, man. I cannot believe it kind of snuck up on us, and then it's like, oh, man, it's draft week. Holy smokes. So, uh, George, had you on a little bit uh, last year, right before the draft, to kind of talk about some needs for the Indianapolis Colts, some of the best fits for the team. So I'm curious for you, you've been obviously looking at this for a couple months now. Who would you say right away there at 21, would you say are some of your personal favorite and you think are the best fits for the Colts scheme on offense or on defense? Yeah, I mean, one name that's been out there, it feels like the entire process who seems to fit, you know, everything they're looking for is Tevin Jenkins of Oklahoma State. Uh, I think almost from really January, it, it feels like he's been a name that, that's been in that mix. Um, the one question, if, if there is uh, any kind of question in that area, is that he's been a right tackle pretty much his whole college career. You know, can he move to that side? Uh, Chris Ballard last week really said that's not an issue at all. You know, as long as the guy has the strength and the athleticism, the traits that they want, he's not looking at – he wasn't asked about Jenkins specifically, but he was asked about moving a right tackle over the left side. And he said it's not something that would even remotely concern them. So I don't think that that would move him anywhere on the board, obviously. Uh, as far as left tackles go, the other guy whose name's been there a lot, but I don't know that there's a lot of uh, anticipation he'll still be there at 21, is Christian Darisol from Virginia Tech. Um, you know, during the process, I know he talked with Zach Kiefer of the Athletic and said he want you'd love to play next to Quentin Nelson. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of tackles that would raise their hands and, and volunteer for that as well. Uh, but you know, he's a guy that, that he's got that physical nature. He's got that kind of mentality that that we've seen on that Colts offensive line since Chris Ballard and Frank Wright came in here. And I think if there's a third tackle in that mix, it might be Sam Cosme from Texas, uh, another really athletic guy, uh, shorter arms, which has been the issue with with all these guys except for Darisol. Uh, and but again. In his case, lots of experience at left tackle. That's where he's been his whole time at Texas. Played it at a high caliber in a, in a big conference. Uh, loves football. All those things you check off for, for Colts guys. Uh, as edge rusher goes, um, I personally am a fan of Aziz Ojolari. I, I know that there's a lot of people who don't know about that fit because he's projected more as a 3-4 outside linebacker. Uh, but when I watch him, his bend, his motor, he reminds me of Robert Mathis. And I think if the Colts get that same kind of a, of a feel, why wouldn't you want to add that guy to your roster? Uh, and Mathis had the same knock on him. I mean, he had more against it because he was at a smaller college. Uh, so people were holding that against him. But it was the same idea. He, he might be a linebacker. He doesn't have size to play defensive end. I think it worked out okay. I think I think that's something the Colts are happy with that pick uh, in retrospect. And of late, there's been a lot of uh, talk about Carlos Basham, who is from Wake Forest. I'm not sure if he's a guy that they're – 
that that would be more of an aim at 21 or more of a 54. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of guys who are going to be in that boat. Um, I'm sure as we go, we'll talk about that. But, you know, there's a lot of people that think that this is one of those drafts where the difference between like 20 and 60 might not be that 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 big of a gap. It could be all beauties in the eye of the beholder. So we'll see. But uh, Basham's been extremely productive with tackles for loss. Another high motor guy. And uh, his third cousin, Terrell Basham, was here a few years ago as a third-round pick. Uh, so I think there's a lot of options there. Of course, the trade down is in play, and I know we all are, are kind of expecting that as well. Hmm. Yeah, so I got to ask, because you mentioned both of those positions, where in your mind is the most important position? I It's crazy. Like, literally, like I'll have one person say left tackle, one person say edge. Like, Colts Nation is very split on this. I've really come to notice where do you stand on, on level of importance and also just the biggest need right now? Yeah, you know, I, I put edge a little bit ahead, but not because of the position so much as just the way the draft is laying out. I think they can get a good left tackle in the second round, maybe even a third if they pick up a pick there, who they can plug in and start and, and be effective with right away. I don't think this edge class is very deep. I think they're going to have to go early. You know, maybe 54, there's still a guy there in play. Like we talked about Basham, Peyton Turner's a guy who might be uh, in the mix at that at that spot. But it's a very – I think it's a much shorter list at edge than it is at left tackle. And for that reason, I would put edge as, as the bigger need. Gotcha. What would you say, um, you know, we obviously know the two biggest needs. What would you say are some other needs that maybe are flying under the radar for a lot of Colts fans and just a lot of people in general that you think don't count this position out, potentially Chris Ballard, you know, kicking the tires if a guy's there that he really likes? They've looked at a lot of safeties in the process, and I don't know that means anything necessarily. They're just doing their due diligence, but they were also connected to a couple safeties in free agency. Obviously, mm-hmm. nothing came of that, so we'll see. Uh, but it does make me think that they're looking for uh, an in-the-box kind of extra linebacker type of guy. That's been what we've seen them sniffing around. Um, so I think that might be a position that that we could see go in the draft that, that maybe isn't being talked about a lot. Uh, linebacker, I think, is an under-the-radar spot just because we know Anthony Walker moved on. Obviously, Bobby Okariki is going to slide in and be the mic, but there's a spot there at Sam now. They've got enough guys. We know that. EJ Speed, uh, you know Zaire Franklin, uh, Matthew Adams. They, they, they've got numbers there, um, but we've seen Ballard before kind of draft for that position for the future. Okariki came in at a time when they knew it would be a couple years until he was a full-time starter and was in the role they actually saw for him. I can see them doing that again here. I think defensive line is always in the mix at all positions. So I don't think that even though they're stacked at, at the interior right now, uh, I don't think that you can rule out another pick there just because I think Ballard and Reich are always interested in that. Um, Ursay brought up corner again. And I think even with TJ Carey coming back, that's a spot that uh, a lot of people might be interested in just because uh, you, you've got – Xavier Rhodes and TJ Carey back on one-year deals, you know, and so it, it's going to be a need in 2020, 2022. Uh, Rocky Sin is, is another guy that we, we just haven't seen enough from yet to feel comfortable and say, well, that position's set. Uh, so I think corners in the mix and then receiver, you know, um, they've, they've talked for a while about adding another receiver to this mix. And it's sort of a similar position there, situation there where T.Y. Hilton's back, but he's on a one-year deal. Who knows what you're going to get from Paris Campbell. If he's healthy, I think there's a lot of excitement, but he hasn't been healthy yet. There's an expectation that Michael Pittman's going to make a big jump, but he hasn't done that yet. 
You know, I think it makes sense to add another receiver into that group. And finally, I didn't sound like I'm all over the field already, but I think tight end as well is, is in that because Frank Reich has said point blank, they want to add a, a tight end who can stretch the field, particularly down the seam. And so I think that's something else they'll be looking, but it's, that's another position that's not real deep in this draft. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. It will be interesting. Yeah. I mean, it seems like there's always with Chris Ballard, you just never know. Like there's a position like Jonathan Taylor last year, we would have never said running back in round two, but that's the way Ballard works. Sometimes he really falls in love with a guy, man, he goes up and he gets him. So, um, you know, speaking of trading up and trading down, um, I've heard, and this is surprising to me. I've heard some people say, what maybe the Colts trade up and try to get a guy, uh, and then also obviously the the more more common one and the more popular one is the trade down scenario. You know, potentially going later in that first round, or maybe moving and getting a second round pick and some other future picks. Um, first off, where do you stand on the whole trade up versus trade down? And then who are some players that you think, you know, if they're there, you can, you have to stay at twenty one. But if this scenario happens, you got to trade back. Yeah, you know, I think trade back is a real likelihood. I mean, we know what Ballard likes to do with the picks. He mentioned again last week that the more you have, the better the chances you're going to get lucky on one of them. And, uh, you know, I think that only six picks in the draft, I don't think that that's his ideal scenario uh, by any stretch of imagination. So I think a, a trade down is, is a real possibility. But, you know, he his kind of parting shot to us on Friday last week was uh, – Maybe we'll talk early on Thursday. And, and he does that a lot. And it's sort of a joke. And you kind of, you know, but sometimes when he's done that, he said that, uh, you know, that, that we might not talk until Friday, the year they traded back into the second round and, and took Rocky in. So, um, you know, I, I don't think it's completely out of the question. And I look at guys like Rashawn Slater from Northwestern, you know, uh, some people have him as the number two overall tackle in this draft. If he starts to slip, he gets into the teens and in the later teens, especially, you know, at what point do the Colts say you got to go get this guy who could be a real difference maker? Um, you know, I think it was interesting that Ballard said he thought they see five to six difference makers in this draft. And I would say those are the guys they would trade up for and not knowing who's on that list, obviously. But I think if, if one of those guys starts to slip, if the quarterbacks all go as early as as projected, um, and, and one of those guys starts to fall into that 15, 16, 17 range, you know, I, they're, they're at least going to be tempted. And, and again, cost is going to be, you know, we just talked about only having six picks this year. How much do you want to dig into next year's, you know, arsenal picks to, to make that happen? Probably just depends on the grade on that guy. But I would think offensive tackle is a spot to watch there just because a guy like Slater, maybe even a guy like Darisaw, if they like him well enough and they feel like this is going to set them up for the next 10, 15 years, why not go up and ensure that you get him? Um, at 21, I think Darisaw is definitely a guy. If he's there somehow, um, you stay put and you take him. But I think, you know, as we talked about earlier, there's probably three guys that I would feel comfortable with at, at left tackle uh, who probably will be there at 21 and Jenkins and, and Cosme uh, and then maybe Darisaw. So, I think that's where the trade back becomes such an enticing option. If you've got a couple guys there and maybe a defensive end or two as well, and you can pick up another pick, why not go that route and, you know, add more talent across the board and still get a guy you probably would have felt comfortable taking at 21 anyway. Mm. And then if you do trade down, how comfortable or how far would you want to trade down personally? 
I don't know that I would go out of the first round. I know that there's some talk already out there that they feel good about possibly being able to get a, a starter at left tackle early in the second round, and I think that's absolutely the case. Uh, but I would I would want to stay in that 26, 28, 29 range uh, just because I think if you can do that, you still get that first round, you still get the extra year on the, the contract, you know, all those things that, that come with it. Um, but you can if you can do that and pick up an extra second rounder or a third rounder in the process – I think that's sort of the ideal situation for him. Stay in the first round, but get that extra pick and, and get back to seven for the day for the for the weekend. Hmm. Gotcha. All right. Last question here. Obviously, Chris Ballard had his pre-draft presser like he talked about a couple days ago. You talked touched on a few things that stood out to you. What were some other things that really stood out to you? Kind of the final parting thoughts here before the draft happens this Thursday. What were some things that you really took note of? Yeah, I wasn't surprised by it at all, but he hammered home again the idea that they're not going to be a slave to need. You know, he says that every year, and I think this year felt a little different because everybody obviously knows left tackle, defensive end, these are the two big spots that need to be addressed. It's not a secret to, to anyone who watches this team. Uh, but, you know, he hammered that home again, and I don't think – it's kind of interesting. I, you know, when he first got here, he said, I'm not going to smoke screen. I don't see the point in that. It's not worth my energy. I've got enough other things to worry about. Not going to put misinformation out there because it's just not worth my time. But and obviously, GMs do that, scouts do that, other other people do that. Uh, you know, all over the league. But I think with with Ballard, it's almost like it's more effective not doing it. He instead of like sort of swerving you with misinformation, he swerves you with information overload. There's so much, so many options that they could go, and being honest about that. I think it's more effective than lying, honestly. I, I just think at the end of the day, you end up in a better situation as a team uh, disguising what you want to do. And I think that's that plays into this idea that need is is not you know necessarily where they're going to go. And, and I, it would surprise me if they took a wide receiver in the first round. It would surprise me if that picks a tight end or a linebacker safety or any of the other spots that we talked about. But it's clearly on the table. And I think that's something that is, you know, obviously if the grades are close, they're going to go with the tackle, they're going to go with the defensive end, they're going to go with the need. But if they've got a guy whose grade is significantly higher than the other people who are available, 21 or wherever they're at, you know, don't be surprised if, it, if it's another Jonathan Taylor situation. I mean, um, just hypothetically, because it's it's out there all over the place today. And, and rule number one, honestly, in this business is, don't believe anything you hear during draft week because yeah. this is when absolutely everything's alive. Hmm. But if Justin Fields really is falling down this draft and is, you know, really possibly there at 21, could that be a surprise? You know, is that hmm. a situation where they say, yeah, we've, we've invested in a quarterback, but here's a chance to get a difference maker. Is he one of those five or six different? I don't know, but that's an example. That, that's an extreme example, obviously. Uh, but I think it's an example of, it's not going to be position specific. It's not going to be need specific. It's going to be, you know, who is the best guy on that board. And, and I feel like regardless of position, if there's a guy there who's one of their five or six difference makers in this draft, they're going to do that. That was my takeaway. I, I, I think he's honest about that. Um, and I know everybody expects it to be a tackle or a defensive end. And I think that's by far the betting favorite, but he's shown before and Jonathan Taylor, most recently, they will not, be a slave to that situation they won't as he puts it they won't force it they're going to still stick to that board and and i think it just makes things really interesting as we get ready for this first round 
It definitely does. I can't even imagine what Colts Twitter would be doing if they selected Justin Fields at 21. I honestly, I don't even want to think about that because that would be probably the most I've ever seen Colts Twitter in shambles before. I I honestly can't even wrap my mind about around that, but that is a very interesting point that you make. Uh, and, and it's just, it, and that's something I even like want to like hopefully tell people is like, look, we may think we know what Ballard's doing, but like, how many people predicted a running back last year in round two? Like virtually nobody. So don't be surprised if Ballard does something we don't expect. I mean, that's just kind of the player, you know, kind of the GM he is. Um, he picks the best player at the position. If he feels like he's a playmaker, he'll go and get that guy. He'll even trade up for that guy at a position we don't think is a need. But uh, all righty. Well, that'll do it for our final draft thoughts here. Thank you, George, for coming on, man. It's always good. No problem. Thanks a lot for having me. Yep. Have a good one, man. Enjoy draft week. Thanks. You too.